Greetings, friends, and welcome back to Catechesis, a teaching series aimed to instruct in foundational Christian doctrine and to encourage piety amongst the people of God. For those who don't know me, my name is Joe Anity. I serve as pastor at Emmaus Reformed Baptist Church in Hemet, California, and I'm glad that you've joined me today. In this twelfth episode, we will be considering Baptist Catechism question 14, which asks, What are God's works of providence? And we should remember that this question is one of a series of questions, which began with question 10, which asked, What are the decrees of God? And there we learn that the decrees of God are his eternal purpose, according to the counsel of his will, whereby for his own glory he has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. Question 11 then asked, How does God execute his decrees? And we learn that God executes his decrees in the works of creation and providence. Questions 12 and 13 had to do with creation, first creation in general and then the creation of man in particular. And here in question 14, we turn our attention to providence. Again, the question is this, what are God's works of providence? And the answer is that God's works of providence are his most holy wise and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and their actions. These questions and the answers given to them are very important, for they help us to know how to view God and his relationship to the world in which we live today. Is God distant? Is he aloof? And the answer is no. The scriptures teach that it was God who created this world and that he governs his creation. He is near to us. He is intimately involved. And what about the things that happen in this world? Do things happen by chance? Are they random and therefore meaningless? Again, the answer is no. The things that happen in this world are the outworking of God's decree. Everything that happens in this world is under God's sovereign control. Life is imbued with meaning and purpose, therefore. Even the bad and difficult things are permitted by God for some purpose which is beyond our comprehension. The decrees of God are his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his will, whereby for his own glory he has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. He executes his decrees in the works of creation and providence. The work of creation is God's making all things of nothing by the word of his power in the space of six days and all very good. And now we learn that God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and their actions. When we talk about God's providence, we are talking about the outworking of his decree or plan in the world that he has created and in human history. God's decree is his plan, his stated purpose, but his works of providence— are the outworking of that plan, the accomplishment of it in human history. Notice that providence is here divided into two categories, preserving and governing. God preserves his creation in that he upholds it. God created the universe to function in an orderly way, but the scriptures teach that God preserves the created order, and in this he provides for his creatures. For example, Colossians 1.7 speaks of Christ and says, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And in Hebrews 1.3, we learn that he, Christ, is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And so God preserves 
We should remember that in that covenant that God made with Noah after the flood, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. It is the Lord who providentially upholds the world that he has created to ensure that seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. And what Paul said to the men of Athens was true. Acts 17, 24, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. So God created the world and everything in it, And then he providentially upheld the world he created, as he does to this day, and as he will do until Christ returns to judge and to make all things new. Not only does God preserve the natural world, he also governs all his creatures and all their actions. This is the second thing that we learn about God's providence. He governs all his creatures and all their actions. Now, I do not doubt that men and women make free choices. Uh, The scriptures are clear that we make uh, real choices from the heart, choices for which we will be held accountable. But this does not do away with the fact that God has, from all eternity, foreordained whatsoever comes to pass, and is now governing all his creatures and their actions. God moves his creatures to do good, and he also does permit them to do evil, so that in the end his will is accomplished. The scriptures have much to say concerning God's governing of the world he has made. In Matthew 10, 29, for example, we find the words of Christ saying, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. I want for you to think of that for a moment. Not even a little bird falls to the ground without the father's permission. Verse 30 says that even the hairs of your head are numbered. And so, no, it will not do to say that God is only concerned with governing the big things or uh, steering the course of human history generally. Uh, To the contrary, the scriptures teach that God's government, his sovereign rule, extends to even the most minute of details, the life of sparrows and the number of hairs on your head. In Daniel 2.21, we learn that God changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Proverbs 16.9 speaks to God's government also, saying that the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And in Genesis 50.20, we have the climax of the Joseph story, where Joseph says to his brothers who treated him so badly, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many should be kept alive as they are today. This is a statement about God's decree and his providence. God's decree in the mind of Joseph was that through him, 
And through his mistreatment and suffering, many would be kept alive, and God providentially brought it about through the free choices of his creatures. This seems to be one of the central themes and key points of that Joseph narrative, uh, that God is able to use even the wicked and sinful actions of his creatures to bring about his greater purposes somehow. This truth, note, brought comfort to Joseph and enabled him uh, to freely forgive his brothers as they repented before him. Notice, lastly, the quality of God's works of providence. Our catechism says that they are most holy, wise, and powerful. They are most holy, wise, and powerful. These are important words. We should hold on to them and treasure them, that God governs providentially and his providence is most holy, wise, and powerful. Psalm 145, 17 says that the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Psalm 104, 24 says, O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. And then in Daniel 4, 35, we read, All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? Our Lord is most wise, holy, and powerful. Concerning now the relationship between God and sin, I quote Thomas Boston, who said, Wherefore God is not the author of sin, no more than he who rides a crooked horse is the cause of his halting. I appreciate this image that Boston sets before us. He is concerned that we understand that although God is able to work in and through sinful creatures, he is not the author of their sin. God is able to work in and through his sinful creatures, but he did not cause their sin. Uh, Just as a man who rides a crooked horse did not cause that horse's crookedness, but is able to use that beast of burden for some good, so too God, as he interacts with his creation that is now fallen into sin. James 1.13 speaks to this saying, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Brothers and sisters, what the scriptures say concerning providence should bring great comfort to us, for we know that God's counsel shall stand, and that he will accomplish all his purpose, Isaiah 46.10. Sometimes the world seems like it is out of control. Often it is difficult for us to see what the purpose for this or that thing can possibly be. It is not uncommon for us to wonder what good can come out of this tragedy or that. But by faith we confess that God works all things according to the counsel of his will, Ephesians 1.11. And we do also know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. What are God's works of providence? God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. Until next time, brothers and sisters, abide in Christ.